Welcome, welcome to the podcast, Awakening to the Voice of Gaia. I'm Catherine Alexander, and I'm so happy to have you here. I'm going to take you on an amazing journey where you will learn how to come home and how to become a partner to life. Healing the centuries-old wound of separation is not an easy thing, but it can be achieved in seconds. First comes understanding and then the breaking of old habit patterns. Understanding is an inside job. Breaking patterns takes community. I'll be sharing my story and the resources that got me here. And you are welcome to come back and visit at any time. If you want to go deeper then joining the third way community as you learn to live regeneratively would be a good thing. The shift is as easy as shifting from living on the planet to living with the planet easy to say and much harder to do. Life loves life, so there is nothing to fear, just old patterns to change. <laughs> so join me as we explore the wonderful, amazing biology of life and how that changes everything. So here we go. So, Carrie, I want you to tell us a little bit about you, um, what you're doing, and you have a book also that's in process. So you can talk a little bit about the book. I'd love to. Yeah. I, so what I'm currently doing is um, just finished writing, which has taken, as you would imagine, a, a number of years for researching and, and pulling it all together. And uh, in the process now of being able to uh, bring it to life to everybody else, not to life to me, <laughs> I, I actually, um, in, in watching your video recently where you, where you said, you know, helping to bring the cards to life, I noticed that you too had that thought that I stopped with just then because it's been alive to us for so long, but bringing it to everybody else's, everybody else's world. So yes, um, really focusing now on being able to bring it out into everybody else's world. And I guess that that's a, a really huge journey now of being able to go through the process of publishing and and how it how it seeks to be birthed into everybody else's world. What's the name of the book? So the name of the book is called One Living System an exploration of life's sacred language and our collective journey. Wow. Can you do a short summary, maybe? I, I can. I can, okay. I, I, can, I can read a little bit of, of uh, a, a, a synopsis, if that okay. might be of interest. Yeah, I, I think that would be useful so people know what they're looking for. Okay. So the synopsis reads, the one living system begins in short, acknowledging the times and space we are living in, climate catastrophe, social injustice, economic breakdown, housing crisis, agricultural decay, food insecurity. How are all these things linked? Are these global challenges simply the result of political forces or is there something deeper driving these issues? Could it be the way that we look at our world from a human centric perspective 
that provides fertile ground for exploitation, disadvantage and oppression. Weaving between sacred texts, scholastic metaphysics and political analysis, the book takes us on a journey through some of the ideologies that landed us in this terrible situation. It then moves to highlight what the living system is that flows through life, its values, principles and patterns of creation, offering the overview of the very system operating silently within life to which we have become separated, allowing our disoriented living to do so much harm. In this discovery of detachment to life and nature, we are forced to reconcile all that we have done and make choices to, as to how we will move forward, what inspiring alternatives can be considered. One Living System argues that we must shift our most foundational metaphysical beliefs to confront the biggest challenges facing our world today and present the reader with a novel metaphysical philosophy that charts the path to a brighter future for all of humankind as our collective journey. It highlights that what already exists as the foundations and ethics of life itself can be the mindset paradigm shift required as our greatest leverage point to change. Without doubting the role of social and economic superstructures in producing a world on the edge, One Living System demonstrates that we must also think about some of our biggest problems from a deeper perspective. We must interrogate our deepest philosophical beliefs and metaphysical ideologies if we wanna make sure we don't repeat the same mistakes. Through the Living System philosophy that is revealed within its pages, the reader gains a new vocabulary regarding global injustice, a whole new way of speaking about and discussing the issues that are plaguing our planet. Through this, we are invited to take action for our paradigm shift within, revealing ways in which we can activate our changes into the places we each belong to re-engage our connection to life and how to embrace all aspects of conscious living. So reuniting with the sacredness of life itself, honoring self and life as one, the reader embarks on a journey of acceptance as a radical act of change through this building on our diversity, building into all that life offers with our own self as a part of the natural laws. We are asked continuously to navigate the pages deeply considering their wholeness amongst life and the possibility of our own course of action being one of the solution to nature's ailments. That should we each move to localization traditional indigenous ways, deeper connection to people and place, we can in fact strategically maneuver our way back into the limits of life, not only give time to our future, but make better of today. Nice, really lovely. That we certainly are simpatico in our approach to things and how we're looking. So very, very yeah. much so. Yeah, that's really and great. Grateful to find you and your cards. And I, and I can't wait to have fantastic conversations with you over it because we are so you yeah. know using the same language yeah very much so very much so so i wanted people to really know about that and now they're going to really want the book so you better get it published <laughs> it's we're going to need it well, so what I, I love about our, our finding connection together is 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 how the, the more we can find of all these sources of reading the book and then utilizing the cards on a day-to-day -day basis to being able to use that as a tool of activation of really imprinting themselves into where they are. Yes, exactly, exactly. Uh, it's, I mean, there's a lot 
to understanding the planet. It's a very complex system. And so we need, you know, to have reminders um, in a way. And that's kind of what the cards do. They, they help us see pieces and parts and then put them together um, and remember about all of them. Yeah. And I, I think what's beautiful about these cards is from a metaphysical perspective, often in my, in my work as counsellor, it's providing people with tools. Yeah. Tools that can remind, reconnect, rekindle, really awaken any of those words that really help people to have something in their pocket to being able to use. And, you know, traditionally people might have used an oracle deck of some form to being able to do that. And this, your set of cards really allows people another tool an avenue to be able to do that and really bring themselves into that moment and utilize what's around. I've found them very deep, actually, when you just think about them and, and really allow yourself to go into the card and to connect with how nature would express that card. I've had some amazing experiences and some really incredible insights too, because it just gives you a path into that connection. Yeah. 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 So the card I picked is called continuity. And continuity is one of the four intents. Mm -hmm. So it happened, it's the way in which life continues. So the genius of life is that it has existed for 3.8 billion years and we are taking it for granted. Are we taking it for granted instead of being in awe of the feat that that is? The conditions that support life are a very narrow band of all possibilities. What can I do to ensure its continued existence? Yeah, that's so beautiful. And what I love about that is that from the living system perspective, that's then asking such um localization what can what can I do where I am in my place with my people and so it really brings into into that space of deep connectedness with the now with the present moment and being able to say what can I do now and then allowing that to filter out you know to being that continuation that continued journey so it's so one of the things that I really love about when we step into the living system and understand that at no point are we individual. We are always a part of the whole. That yes. that then asks us through that card, how can I continue being amongst you? And how can my role, how can I place myself into that thread that's continually happening, yes. constantly that I'm a part of as opposed to What's one, what's one little thing I can do today and then walk away from as an individual? It's saying, how do I be a part of this? What can I do as a part of this right now that continues on? There's something about really paying attention to the fact that life wants to live. Yeah. That life loves life, that it's working to keep itself here always. And that that's what everything does. Everything does something to make sure that it can stay alive. Mm. And yeah. that that intention drives everything. And I wonder, you know, if you reflect on 
your own personal life? Mm. Does your life do that for you? Does your life want you to thrive? Does it keep you in that space or not? Exactly. What would you need to do to make sure that your life does want you to live? Yeah. I, I, I love this. I love the resonance that we're holding. It's taking me, first of all, it's taking me to the to the very first line of a of a of a poem at the start of the book that says, the language of life is love. In its wisdom, life holds the power to create such beauty that it longs for itself. To yes. ease its yearning, it loves yes. over and over again through creation. And it's yes. saying how much it deeply loves and yearns to just keep regenerating itself over and over again and further in the book where we talk about love as part of that language it really is saying that there's three things that we can ask ourselves at any point in time around that very question you just posed which is you know if we look at where we are right now is this really where I want to be, as you just said, to thrive, to, to really be able to say that this is expressing the most of myself in love? If I'm not in love with this moment, then why am I here? And then the second question comes from that is, do I love myself enough to either deeply throw myself into it or walk away if it's not where I, the right space for me, you know? And then... The third question is, as love, what do I do now? And so it's saying, as love, as this life creation of love's language, what do I do now if this is where I want to be and, and I'm, this is where I'm holding, how would love respond? How would love give in this moment? How would life want to keep seeking itself? And, it and how, do, how do I recognise that? Because yeah. it's always there. Life is calling us always. Life is loving itself through us and to us. Yeah. And if we are in places where we can't experience that or we're habituated to ignore it, those things really eat on us. They really take away the joy of life that we have. They make us feel alone and empty. And when we are in resonance with the other life that's loving itself, then what can we do to keep it loving itself as well? Keep it alive. I mean, it's a mutual thing. You can't do one without the other. No. And, and you know, what people need to start to realise is that disconnect from life, from love, that, that disconnect from thriving and being whole with life is what is at the very root cause of all our illness. Yes. It doesn't matter whether it's a physical illness or a mental illness or a soulful ache. That is what's the root cause that then harnesses as these physical symptoms that we that we recognize in our body, both physically yep. or mentally. And then that leads on to being greater dis-ease and ultimately our own demise. So if we want to go back to true root cause, that is that space, you know, right back there of that that aching to be a part of and being one with life. Absolutely. Um, when I had liver cancer, that was my lesson. 
I could see how the anger that I had um, that I stored in my liver <laughs> from a, a, a situation that was sporadic but was consistent over 15 years um, created that cancer. And I got to see how I interpreted patterns of behavior in others um, as being about me. Yeah. And I don't have to do that. Um, we do not take seriously the responsibility that we have for our own life um it's just so nice to to ship it out and have the doctor tell us what we're supposed to do <laughs> when it's really just about us uh if we could get really clear about that we doctors would have far less work to do uh. <laughs> yeah i mean you, you again uh in in the book we understand what um what I, I term one of the very big phases for us to being able to step back into life is really around building our wealth. And mistakenly, wealth has always been this monetary thing, but wealth is really spelt W-E-L-L-T-H, and it's the combination of our wellness and our well-being combined. That is our true asset. That wealth that we seek to build is really what it is for our own inner health and wellness are part of that with the rest of life. And you cannot truly ever be well without all things being well, because we are whole. Right, so exactly. Whilst, so whilst the soil is diseased, our soil is diseased. Whilst the air is diseased, we are diseased. So in promoting this unity again and this coming together and for us to really find our optimal health, it is about becoming one with life and everything else again and really recognising that all of these things like liver being the storage of anger and trauma and all these things, that part of that is the trauma that's happening around us within life at the moment and how, you know, really pulling those things back in together is a part of this great healing journey. It's not just how do we solve this problem of climate you know boundaries and limitations it's the limitations we've placed on ourselves through separating ourselves from life yeah. we're never going to take responsibility for life and the earth and everything else if we can't even accept that we're a huge part of that absolutely absolutely that that connection is something you know that when you go back and listen to old religions or old spiritual people they often talk about it yeah. But it's been something that in in some interesting way has not connected. We have not really understood the depth of what that means. Um, and it's one of the patterns that makes that happen, that keeps that going, is this reciprocity between us and the other. Yeah. And when we're on top of it and doing things to the planet or to other life, there's no reciprocity. It's not a full flow. And reciprocity is not taking, it's receiving. There's yeah. a really big difference. I really learned that with my cancer. That was one of the, the big lessons. Um, I got cancer when I had no money, no insurance and no job. <laughs> And I was really clear if I was going to live, it was because other people cared. And they did. Yeah. I mean, I was totally taken care of in that. Um, and I realized that when people want to help, the proper response is yes and thank you. 
Yeah. Instead of, oh, no, 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 it's okay. I'll take care of it. Or I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm, I'm okay. That separation just does not work. We really have to be enmeshed in life. We have to be part of it. We have to receive as well as give. Um, and we think giving is so much easier. And we do it all the time. It makes us feel important and big and separate, actually, in a, in a real way. But when you're in a, in a relationship where it's reciprocal, it's not even about giving. It's just there's a natural expression. And it's just a flow. It's keeping that life, love, emotion between the two of you, however that happens. And learning to really understand and see that and enjoy that space. Yeah. You know, it's a magical place. It's a magical place. Learning to receive is as important as learning to it do. It is. Absolutely. Both get blocked. And the, I think, you know, once you understand that at no point in working with life's living system that you understand that there's never any form of out of balance, balance check happening. Right. To, to give means that I will receive. The, the problem is, is that we've been told that things have to be done in a way that it's instantaneous or that it's... Uh, it's linear. And it's not linear. It's a non-linear cause and effect. Yeah. And part of it is recognising that if I, if I give to you and you give to Mary Jane and Mary Jane gives to Steve... And then eventually I get something came back that that is part of the cycle of, you know, the circular giving that is constantly happening as opposed to I give to you and I sit and wait for my return, you know, <laughs> really understanding what it is to be a part of that. And that at all times we actually are constantly in receivership of life by the fact that we are alive and breathing and and living every day and yes. so how can, you know how can i give back to that what can i do to make sure that cycle continues continues and then we come back to continuity yeah exactly exactly <laughs> exactly you know there's another piece of continuity though that i want to bring out and that has to do with waste because when we talk about the finite planet, the stuff that we can see and feel, um, we have so little respect for it. I mean, there's this assumption that it's going to be there forever, that it magically replaces. We expect it. We, we just assume it's going to replace itself. We don't understand the miracle that that is. And we don't have um, enough of a reverence for that to really understand that it needs to come back into the circle in whatever form it is, that it's not to be thrown away. There's no away to throw <laughs> and burning things and um, being cavalier about how things flow through that system is not within the cycle of life it's really putting us back into that cycle we've taken ourselves out of it so far and we function up here and then we just sort of let it go instead of really insisting that everything goes back into that where this reseeding is such a big piece of where i think we need to go um, to be 
really truly part of all of the cycle that we're yeah. involved with um the the relationships the the reverence the awe um the appreciation the gratitude that you have to feel when you understand how you're taken care of by life mm. and then we have to take care back um and waste is really a big part of that. And there's so many different kinds of waste, but they all come from a lack of attention and a lack of um, appreciation, I think. And a lack of responsibility. Yeah. I think the first place to start is, for me, it just, it, to me, waste highlights human-centric viewpoints of living. Yeah. That, that we extract, yeah. that we believe that we are here to use and gain and receive from life in any way, shape or form without consideration that the earth body's symptoms that are happening right now are exactly the same as the earth body symptoms we are facing right now. The pandemic that we might be facing now is no different to the pandemic that she is facing right now with regards to everything that is that is monopolising, you know, her fluid flow of life and existence right. itself and so the to to stuff ourselves with fast foods and to have you know a constipated aching body filled with heaviness and an inability to eliminate is exactly the same as numerous spaces of landfill that is just putrefying the earth that she cannot digest that she cannot remove or eliminate or, or take away this waste. So this mindset we have that we can do what we want and everything else will deal with, you know, life will deal with all the rest of it or we can just dump all these things. We're doing exactly the same thing to the earth as we are to our own body. We are manifesting and building the own, the, our, our own illness by the way we treat the earth. We are creating the same, exact same diseases within the earth system as we are within our own system. And so this idea of waste that is not capable of being a part of a continual cycle, recycle, reuse, how can this be drawn down? How can this be used again? Through the very same principles that the earth uses to remove ourselves from that means that we are placing ourselves into a place where we too have all those same diseases. We can't remove all the shit that we're putting into our bodies at the moment. We can't, you know, our oh, bodies yeah, can't. And stuff, yeah. So it's yeah. In, you know, this mindset, this instead of this, you know, ecocentric mindset, staying yeah. in this human centric, we are at the top and the pinnacle. And, and, you know, even to think that, you know, we are life's greatest creation is, you know, so egoic. It's, it's ridiculous, you know. And to save ourselves as opposed, as opposed to saving a whole is not possible. No, it's not possible. It's not possible at all. That interdependence is something that we truly don't honor. Uh, and it makes us feel beholding and threatened, actually, I think. Because it, when you really see how interdependent you are, then the other becomes very valuable and very precious in a certain kind of way and because we're so used to being separate 
I think that creates a fear in us. We, we don't trust ourselves because we're not following the prime directive. We're not really giving back to life what life needs to have happen. So we don't trust others will do it either, you know, instead of really resting in the fact that that's all life can do and that we can learn from that. We can start to do that and then begin to trust us. I think we're going to be magical if we reach that state. I truly do. I think that that the experiment we are is really life's test to see how whole the biome can become. We are the largest biome on the planet. 30,000 some odd different species reside in us as independent autonomous beings that create who we are. We cannot live without them and they can't live without us. So that agreement to expand that to the entire planet, if we could get to that level of cooperation, interdependence, oneness, I think we have no idea what that would look like. That's yeah. kind of what I see the intent is. And that's where we get our specialness. And we're not special in that kind of way. But everything is special. Everything is different. Everything is unique. So everything is precious. It's not, we're not different in that way. <laughs> but we don't honor that. We don't honor the difference in ourselves, actually. <laughs> we, we're busy trying to make ourselves like somebody else. Well, I, I think, you know, one of the things when speaking about value and worth, you know, proof of value and worth is is given in our existence. Yes. That does not create anything that is not of value or need or necessity to its system. That's so right. all of our being here in existence is proof of our worth and our value. But what worth and value we give is dependent upon what our yes. mindset is and where how how connected we are as wholeness yes. as opposed to how disconnected we are in our separateness, right? Yes, we can't give from a disconnected spot. No. We don't know what to give. No. And, and you know, to your point around um, having so much within us, one of the things that I, I like to talk about is, is around that we are, as ourselves, a universe complete. Yes. We have yes. all within us you know our own set of world and universe and life all happening within us just the same as then the person next to us and the person next to us and in a way what we resemble is a solar system happening that is above us of every you know you know universe and everything that's happening within there it's exactly the same system operating micro macro levels within and without but it's this one same system that it, uh, system that is continually giving and, and creating and regenerating life as it goes. And if we could actually be that, be us, then we would tap into that because that's where the connection lies, you know, yeah. in being authentic. Um, and I think that would be truly magical. I don't think we have any idea what that would do for us. And no. what an incredible life that would generate on the planet if if the whole planet could sing one song. Well, I think part of what I find humorous at the moment is all this work around, you know, 
technology and creating greater capacity with AIs and everything else. Oh, yeah. It's just taking us away from life. Well, it's not only taking us away from life, but I think the truth of the matter is it's almost to me like, like mankind has given up on actually discovering all that it can be because we don't even use or, or you know, um, have, have any capacity yet over understanding the depth of our brain and what we can do in fully utilising that in every way, shape and form. outside of what most people would even think possible and almost because we don't understand that or haven't been able to take the time to tap into that we're trying to recreate something and I think you're, you're trying to create something that is still not going to be greater if we really mastered the majority of our mind I think they've still come down to we only use you know 10% of our our mental capacity and our brain's capacity and this is not a left brain, right brain thing. This is literally just the capacity as a whole. And if we really took the time to understand what this amazing existence of, of human potential is, it would outshape, you know, any, you know, AI creation as it is, because an AI creation is simply coming from the mind that's creating it. This mind that's been created has been created from something far greater than we can even understand. Yes, yes. And I think that's thrilling. That is such a thrilling vision to be able to hold as a part of our capacity. That's absolutely true. Yeah, yeah, truly astonishing. What do you think about the future? Because this is the other piece. I know we're so, um, there's something about living in the now. I think about this a lot because I think of historically when we look at at indigenous folks, their capacities to do things is often extraordinary on the spiritual level. They have capacities that we just barely tap into. And I wonder, there, I believe that everything is perfect, that we are where we should be. Um, it's a mess right now, but that's because we need to clean it up. Um, and because we're learning that it's a mess and, and why we need to clean it up. I think, you know, that's just where. And so there's something about standing outside the system which is a capacity we have certainly honed to a very good extent that must be useful. Now, I don't know how, I don't understand how. I don't know that we will really know how until we come back in to the system and then are able to use that within that context. But do you have thoughts on that? Because we think of the future, we want the future to be different. We want the future to be there. Um, we, we've certainly from the Western perspective, trained ourselves that the future has to be better, whatever that better is, I'm not so sure. Um, But we still don't, as long as we don't honor life, we don't honor the future either, because the future won't be here if we don't honor life. But I'm just wondering about, I don't know, what, what do you think about 
my first my first thoughts really go to the construct of time we have been led to believe that time is a linear concept and man has manipulated time to its own need it has fooled us into thinking that it is a linear concept that there is a start and an end and that that start and that ending only exists in one lifetime that's a frightening thought it's a very fear-filled thought for most people and yeah. therefore right from the beginning we begin with a fear base that we have only now and we have to exist and achieve and succeed only in this moment and that this moment is all we have there is no concept about through the separation of life there is no concept about how my existence in this moment what that will look like in whatever future shapes are to come be that this lifetime or another yeah and so you know when you think back to traditional cultures there was only the whispers of life and only the continuation of life that was presented and given every moment that everyone had to work with there was information from astrology there was information from the land there was information from watching animals but all of that was put into a circular timeline because there was visual of how something passed it decayed into the into the land grass grew i could then eat it all these next things happening so whilst there is the capacity to be here now which is the only moment we can exist in there's that deep knowing that every now builds a lifetime of regenerative process and so the future whilst that's tied up in that is not something that is really for us to be concerned about if we're living fully in the now knowing that there is this circularity of life that is continually existing yeah. there's only fear of the future if we are living in this timeline this linear timeline that tells us that this is all we have you know what's always struck me as funny about that idea that there's only one life is that because everything is connected there is nothing that is not connected. How can one life exist? It's not possible. It's just not possible. That's it has possible. to be connected. And what would it be connected to? Previous lives. <laughs> and I've had lots of experiences, so I can speak from my experience, but I have talked to people who have not had experiences. And so it's kind of a hard thing to, to get. But I do think that understanding the incredible connections, the the interdependence the just understanding how life each individual living thing has the capacity to create its own life but only in community only with other life it can't live by itself nothing can live by itself it's just not possible so we have to be more cognizant of how we are integrated into time in that way um that it is a continuum uh and it's not an excuse mm. <laughs> but it is a 
co-creative space. And if we're conscious in that co-creating, then magnificent things happen. Absolutely. Um, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, one of the one of the really important points to note about that is the number of people who do say that they feel that they that they know nothing than this moment. They haven't had any other experiences that might give them. And there is there is deep reason for that. And that is because it, we have been disconnected from our capacity to feel right from the very beginning in separating us from this living component of life, we are placed into a system that requires us to be top heavy and using our mind and thinking and thinking and thinking constantly. So our intuition and our natural instinct are both belittled into being something that we need to reason away. And so that is highlighted again and again with things like how we have all been you know, raised around feeling is not as important and to cry is not what you do and to laugh mm. is inappropriate right now or to do any of those things. And so how we express as feeling is what connects us to, yes. a, to yes. us. So someone, if they were connected to feeling, they would walk onto land and go, I feel something, I sense something, as yes. opposed to, oh, no, I know I haven't been here before because I've never driven this way. So yes. as we reignite that deep feeling connection back into our being and allow ourselves to intuitively and instinctively respond again, and that be listened to and heard to, um, observed and felt experience, we will reconnect to all of those things. It's impossible not to because it is absolutely innate to our being. Yes, yes. Yeah, that reflective, and I'm so glad you brought emotions. Well, not emotions, but feelings. I do think there's a difference. Yeah. Um, and we're so afraid of our emotions, but the emotions are really useful. They give us information, but there's beyond emotions. There's more subtle sensing that you have to have mm, patience or calmness or centeredness in order to be able to distinguish. And we move fast. We don't sit. We don't self-reflect and, and we don't know what to do with all that stuff. You yeah. know, so it it's easier to just get rid of it and then we can function. And and that really is part of the separation. And it it creates such fear because you know that there's other stuff there. <laughs> part of you does, you know, whether your men mental mind is going to acknowledge it or not. You just know that there's more to life than what you're experiencing. Um, and that's scary because it feels other than you and it feels out of your control instead of being part of you. Feeling is so, it, it, it is literally, I like to say, you know, that the heart is, the, is the, the very first organ that is developed. And I say that we feel our way into being. How nice, I love that. So we literally then everything else explodes out of the heart and feels its way into being. and. For as long as we are disallowed the capacity to feel and we are unaccepted for those feelings, we will continue to what I call potato chips, stuff them back down into our body, eating them back in to hold them and withhold them within our being. 
we just don't allow them. We, we have to move to a place where um, feeling is allowed and the expression of feeling is emotion. And so when somebody is seen to being emotional, we need to sit and go, what's the feeling beneath that? Yeah. What's happening? Because long before we think anything, mo most people think that we think something and then we act. But right. long before we think, we feel. We have a feeling and then we think and then we act. But we're so disconnected from that feeling, we, we think it just starts here at this thought. But way before any thought that we have is a feeling that even, even as small as it might be, the more we connect back into it, we will start to recognise, oh, I'm feeling this and then I'm thinking. It's a, it's a, it's a process. It takes time to, to reconnect back into that. But that feeling is at the very base of everything we do and every way in which we connect with each other. Yes. And feeling is what brings us life and also authenticity and integrity, actually. It, that's where we know right from wrong. We've created all these systems to tell us what to do. Um, yeah. and, and there's no cohesiveness. It's a different system for every different thing. Um, because we don't see the thread. We don't see that it's all about life. That if we just were sensitive to the nourishing of the life around us, that's what our senses tell us. They tell us when we're doing that and when we're not doing that. And yeah. we feel, I mean, we just know. You don't yeah. have to be told. You just know. Um, that would just change our life so much. When you talk about being responsible, but it's that resonance to that. It's being in response to our own sense of what's right, of what's correct, of what's nurturing, what's health-giving, what's life-giving that allows us to function in, the, in a world in an ethic and moral way. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and part of that goes back to the... To the to, the basis of my book and the basis of your cards and that is is that life itself has its own values it has it is its own philosophy it holds its own ethics and morals yes. and yes. we need to connect back into those because they are the ones that hold all things not just certain things they right. hold all not just us yeah not just us us as a part of every other living existing thing that's right yeah, I mean, that's part of the human-centric um, hubris. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's been part of the problem for me with ethics. When I look at ethics over history, they're all human-centric, which is why they don't work. They'll work for a while, and then they fall apart. I mean, as long as I, you're talking to somebody like you, you can manage that. But you, the minute you get to somebody who's got a different experience from a different part of the world, then it all falls apart. But it doesn't, really. You know, because we all want the same things. If you can touch into the life part of everything, every other living thing that you engage with, then you just know what that life needs to thrive. Yeah. yeah. And it's consistent. Yeah. 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 It's, there, it's happening. It will continue. And 
whether or not we choose to be a part of it is to be seen. Yeah, but it's a choice, you know, that's what makes it rich, being able to do that. Yeah, and, and, and I think part of what's happening right now is our capacity to um, really understand the depth of all that we are, our place and our value to life, what we yes. are yes. as beautiful custodians, as caretakers, as people who shepherd forward the rest of life, nurturing animals, plants, trees, everything around, that, you know, we hold a great importance here. Will life continue without humanity? Of course it will. In a different way, of course it will. But we do have value and a role here because that's why we are here. And stepping right. in again and understanding that and really honouring that is what can really change and determine what happens next. And it makes life meaningful. Yeah, very People meaningful. People want what life is all about, and, you know, where am I going to find meaning in life and all that kind of stuff. And it's just so simple. Yeah, yeah. It's not your career. Harry <laughs> <laughs> Taylor, it's been a delight. We're going to have to do this more often. Yeah, it's been yeah. wonderful, wonderful to talk to you. And, and uh, I look forward to diving into some more cards with you. Yes, we will do that. We will do that. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. So thanks for listening. I so appreciate your joining me on this journey. To go deeper, check out the Third Way community. The link is on the podcast page and on my own webpage, and you can see it right here. My own webpage is bridgetopartnership.com. You can support my work through donations on my podcast webpage or by joining my Patreon page. I am open to questions and messages, so please connect and be sure to leave your name so that I can reference you when I respond. It's the new mother nature taking over. She's getting us all. She's getting us all.